live from America. We're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. from America with Jeremy Harrell. I love you all and I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. I love hearing your stories. America is far from dead. America is alive. America is here. Even the Democrats are waking up to the dead-end destructive policies of Joe Biden. The deepest level of worship is praising God through the pain. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a stand-up, God-fearing, God-loving thing to do. What a great thing. I love you guys. Remember, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Welcome to Live from America, everybody. God bless you, and thank you for joining in. Hello and good morning, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so very much. Uh, today is Monday, and uh, it is 9 a.m. As, uh, as you see, we're doing, um, at least for right now, the, uh, the Rise Up podcast as you know that when I told you that when our coffee was finally done and ready after a year in the making the rise up coffee the two brands that we would start doing a morning podcast called rise up and the reason for this morning podcast and I it it wasn't supposed to be every day uh, but right now excuse me right now we have the opportunity to do 9 a.m. Uh, because Antonio Sabato Jr. is on to bigger and 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 uh, different things. I won't say bigger and better, but bigger and different things. Amanda, thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Uh, so if you'll do me the uh, the ever so humbled favor, share the video out, get it out to your friends and family. Uh, in this podcast, what we try to do is I want to go through the process in which I put my morning newsletter together for you, and use this as a time. Since the Lord is giving us this time right now, use this as a time to really glorify the Lord more than we are. You know, um, on my show, Life from America, obviously we do the Lord's Prayer every day. Obviously we give the Lord his, um, you know, his glory before we start every show. However, there's a lot more glory that we could be living, uh, giving to God. And I said, wow, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. You know, Antonio having to, you know, go on to other things for right now. Maybe this is a a blessing in disguise for us to really utilize this 9 a.m. hour to glorify the Lord in the way we should. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're locked and loaded right here on LFA TV. This is Rise Up. I am your ever so humbled, God-fearing and God-loving host of this podcast, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, broadcasting from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire, and it's an honor to be here. Thank God that we're here. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the Rise Up Coffee is now out. As you can see, there's the back. We are not afraid to show our love for God. This is its own company. You know, we have LFA Media Company. Well, I always wanted to have a coffee company. And by, you know, saving and scrimping and working for almost a year, we finally got it done. So the meaning of Rise Up, obviously it's a triple meaning uh, to also signify the three in one, the Father, the Holy Spirit, uh, and uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rise up in the morning, okay? Rise up against tyranny, and rise up and uh, ascend to heaven once this earthly body is done <laughs> here on this earth. So rise up, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we have the light medium roast, which is American pecan, and we have the dark roast, which is Sumatra gold. No decaf yet, no K-cups yet. 
but we will get there in time. Again, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have that kind of money to be able to start a company from, you know, really big from the very beginning. But maybe, just maybe, with your guy, with you guys uh, buying and liking this, maybe you'll buy more of it. Maybe we'll get a coffee club going, which means you'll have more amenities. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway... I want to thank you all for being here with me this morning, and I'd ask you to please rumble this video, which is just basically a like. Um, no matter what platform you're on, you can just like this video, and or no matter what device you're on, I, sh I should say, you can just like this video. Please share this, because this isn't a political show. This is more of a uh, cultural, spiritual, and societal show. Okay, that we're going to be doing here with Rise Up. So share it out to your friends and family. It's something for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you being here. Let's get busy this morning. We're going to go right to, um, again, I already put out the morning newsletter. So we're going to, we're going to go through these uh, books like I normally do. But then we're going to get to how I came across this morning newsletter. And I always just rely on God. Really, when it comes down to it, folks, I just rely on God uh, to give me the morning, um, the morning message. So. Let's get into this now. Um, if you d missed my last week's show, which was the first Rise Up podcast show ever, I explained to you the books that I go through. And the very first book I go through is called One Minute Prayer for Dads. Okay? Now, this can be applied to all parents. But this is specifically, this book is just uh, for a father to read every morning and get the encouragement and the inspiration that the father needs to be the head of household, to be that fatherly, manly figure in his life, in his parent, in his kid's life, and in his wife's life, okay? What a morning. Found a dead wild turkey on my front porch. Why? It does cost money to start up a small business. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I think it's awesome you made it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're also going to um, we're also going to pull up the the Rumble chat here for you guys as well. Uh, let me get this Rumble chat so that we um, there it is. There it is. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what time the show is on, no matter what time we're broadcasting live, or no matter what host is on, any of the Rumble rants that come in, do go ahead and pay for our producer, Eli. That is what his entire uh, salary is based off of. Or his entire, I should say, compensation, not salary, is based off of. So if he does it, we don't get the amount, then he's got to work for less. And he does that. So great, uh, great virtue to have there. Okay, here we go. Loving mom is the title of this, what I'm going to read. It said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that comes from Ephesians 5.25. Now, I love Ephesians because in Ephesians, we get the armor of God. Amen? See the hat there? Uh, but this is Ephesians 5.25. Again, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay? A great dad coupled with a great mom is an unbeatable team, amen, which is what marriage is, which is why we get so upset when marriage is defiled outside of what God intended marriage to be, man and woman. Uh, Share Dave, too, said, how do I get this coffee? You just go to jeremyherald.com. Just go to jeremyherald.com, scroll down, and you'll see the coffee, okay? A man, uh, as men, we're called to love our wives, the mother of our children. When our kids see the unity between mom and dad, it's easy to explain to them how marriage is a model for Christ and his bride, the church. Disunity, on the other hand, not only unsettles the kids, but also gives them a distorted picture of Christianity. They can no longer see the beauty of Christ and his bride. Now, 
before we move on, let's look at the statistics of people that end up staying married. Married. I don't know the exact statistics, but the last time I looked, it was five or 50% of the people that get married end up in divorce. 50%. That's incredible. And of that 50%, the majority of why they get divorced is arguing about finances, money, the root of all evil. Think about it. Think about that. The root of all evil even destroys and uproots a marriage, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible. God, what a gift I have in my wife. Can we, men, are you out there? Can we say this together? What a gift it is, our wives, the, the gift of, of, of our wives that God gave us, these wonderful, beautiful people that keep us just like God, help us stay on that narrow path every single day. Wives are incredible. They really are. You chose her for me from all the women on the planet. You called us to be a couple. You've given us great kids. Lord, I honor my wife in the best ways I know how. If necessary, I will lay down my life for her, just as Jesus did for his bride, the church. Today, I pray for my wife. Build her up as a woman of God. Bless her with your presence. Give me creative ideas to show her how much I love and cherish her. Wow. Thank you, Father, for the high calling of being her husband and the father of our children. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to explain something to you, okay? I had a talk with my daughters the other day about the natural order of life by God, not by society, which is man, woman, child, animal. That's the natural order of life. So to have a natural order of life, you have to have some kind of a, let's say, hierarchy, okay? Who is ultimately the decision maker and who is uh, the last of the decision makers? Animals, right? Men have dominion over animals. Men have dominion over the planet as well. Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Society today does not understand that when the Bible says women be submissive to your husband, it is not telling them to be a slave to their husband. It is not even telling you that the husband is ultimately in charge. What people do not understand about when it says be submissive to your husband, you're also be supposed to be submissive to your wife. It is a trust thing. It is a respect thing. A trust and a respect thing. I am to trust and respect my wife and her decisions as much as she is to respect mine. Now, I was under the impression that in the end, if my wife and I disagreed, that in the end, no matter how much the disagreement was there, that my way was the way that we are to go because I am the head of household and I am, my wife is supposed to submit to me. I couldn't have been more wrong. Everybody gets that wrong when they read that. My husband thinks I'm trash and treats me like crap. He's a narcissist who doesn't believe in God. One day I'll free myself from him, says L-A-K-C-N-Y, Lackney. That's, that's incredibly hard for me to hear. Let's pull that up. I want, it's right here, folks. Lackney says right here, my husband thinks I'm trash and treats me like a narcissist. He doesn't believe in God. One day I will free myself from him. How about today? And that's not saying leave your husband. No, 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 no. Free, your, free yourself from your husband in the truth and the light of God. Okay? And we're going we're gonna to talk about wickedness today. We're going to talk about wickedness today. And we will pray for you, Lackney. We will. 
Actually, let's get into prayer right now. Now, a lot of people go, you don't do the Lord's Prayer in the morning. No, I do the Lord's Prayer twice a day on my show. But today we're going to do, and, and when we do Rise Up, we're going to do a, uh, a, a specific prayer for that day before we really get started. So let's go ahead and do that now. Please remove your hats. Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, as we do this Rise Up podcast in the mornings, no matter how many days that we decide to end up doing this, Lord, we pray that you are with this podcast and that you're with the people that are watching this podcast and listening on audio as well. Lord, we pray that we can really dig into the Bible and get the words out of the Bible and help us understand the words that are in that Bible the way that you intended humans to understand them and to comprehend them. Lord, we get so lost in translation when it comes to the Bible. It is very, very, very important that together as a body of Christ that we go through the, the, these verses and that we break them down in the way you intended for us to break them down, Lord. We pray for those who are in families that are split in belief of the Lord and what he's done for us, Lord, that you cover them in an armor of God and that you help them understand that misery loves company and wickedness is everywhere, even within our own homes. But we are to be that shining light, Lord. We are to be that shining light. And we pray and give you thanks for the fact that we can be those shining lights in a world of darkness for those people who choose to live in misery. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Because that's what it is, folks. People choose to live in misery. C. Cappy says, and I am disrespected. That's the thing. Folks, you got to understand something here. A woman submitting to her husband does not mean that her husband has, uh, has the ability to tell her what to do and when to do it. You should respect and love your wife as much as Christ did the church, and you are to sit with your wife, and you are to have these important conversations and come to an agreement between the two of you. Between the two of you. Now, I realized something after thinking that I had dominion over my wife, meaning that she had to listen to what I said. I want you to understand something real quick here. The greatest honor outside of honoring God in my life is to make my wife happy. Is to make my wife happy. And if my wife has got a good head on her shoulders and my wife is nine times out of 10 right, and I am only five times out of 10 right, who am I going to refer, whose judgment shall I refer to? Mine or my wife's? If my wife ultimately ends up being right nine times out of 10 and I ultimately am right five times out of 10, then how in the heck, ladies and gentlemen, how in the heck am I supposed to honor my wife if I don't put her judgment at least up on a pedestal to at least understand what she means? And I am supposed to I love my wife so much that I want to make my wife happy. If my wife has a logical argument that is just as logical as mine, most of the time I'm going to nowadays go with her judgment. But we make this call together. And I just can't stress that enough, folks. I really can't. Wickedness is everywhere. And we're going to be talking about wickedness throughout the day today. Because wickedness is everywhere. Again, even in our own homes. But there's a way to get rid of wickedness. Remember, misery loves company. Now we're going to read through this book. It's called, uh, or it's called God Moments for Men. Okay? God Moments for Men. Hold on. Let me get to the right page here. Sorry I didn't have this marked right. Live in peace. Romans 12, 18 says this. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. With everyone. Even the misery. Even the wicked. 
Live at peace with them. Figure out how to be that light of peace, love, happiness, joy. Mountain Tortuga. Yes, and it does sound like you and your wife work together to make things work out. This is good. You have to. You have to. One person just can't be the one that makes the decisions in your home. God doesn't want it to be that way. He doesn't. He wants us to work together. Okay? And for all those who are wondering why your uh, comments are going twice, it's because sometimes there's a lag and when you press send and it actually sends. So just press it once and trust me, it'll go. Okay? All right. One thing is a constant with money. You never have to convince someone to like it. Woo. However, keeping them from loving it, well, that's a horse of a different color. Money, and we just talked about money is the number one reason people get divorced. Think about that. Folks, we only have 149 rumbles. We're looking for 500 rumbles in this show. And that, all that is is equivalent to a like. So please make sure you do that, okay? Um, money translates into power, power of influence, power of prestige, power of personal choice, power of calling the shots. Money winks and whispers. Trust me, God steps in and says, careful. According to scripture, we shouldn't love or hate money. Money is simply a commodity to be exchanged back and forth. It's when it stops flowing that problems sneak in. We pile it up. We hoard it. We lengthen our shopping lists. The antidote is generosity. Think about that. We do it all the time and we say it all the time. The antidote is generosity. $70,000, the Live from America family, has... um has put together this year to help people out in need. You don't think that the people that got that money through the Slurp Fund dropped to their knees and cried tears of joy and at the fact that people were compassionate to them? It's people that don't even know them? The antidote is generosity. When we use the money to define ourselves, money always ends up in charge. Same thing with sex. If you use sex to define yourself, sex ends up in charge. God calls us to freedom in every area, including our bank accounts. Woo! Wow. Bruce says, me and my wife have our responsibility. A man can do, a man can do many, but can't do all that a woman can, and so vice versa. Amen. And that is why together, you, there's nothing you can't accomplish. Nothing you can't accomplish. Let's bring up that rumble chat because we really want people engaged in this podcast. Uh, my mother is married to my dad for 50 years, and he is a narcissist. I don't see how she does it. She does it by grace, the same grace God shows us. She sees something in him that he does not see in himself, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Terry Sue, we are thinking of you. And yes, Terry Sue, today at 11 o'clock, we're going to start raising some money for you, love. We are. We are. The next book I'm going to read from is called Provisions, Provision, promises provision promises this is a wonderful book and i i I highly highly uh suggest that you get this okay um there's always a great there is always a great woman with a good man amen amen all right here we go your answer is found in the person of jesus from Ephesians 1, we talked about Ephesians a little while ago. Let's stay with it, okay? Ephesians 1, 17, 19. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, gave, it to, gave to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. But let's go back to that. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, gave to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of understanding being enlightened. Okay? Gave you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, when you see wickedness, when you see narcissism, when you see this stuff, God gave you not only the, the choice to choose, right? I don't want to be here anymore. But look at all those people that stayed, like she said, 50 years, staying with a man who does not treat her that, uh, the way he should. Ladies and gentlemen, that is perseverance. That is, that is, again, mercy that God is giving us. And we are enlightened with understanding that mercy and grace that God's given us. And we're trying to give it off or give it, pass it on to the people that we love, even if they do not show that love back. I, you know what? I got to say the people that stay in those marriages for 50 years, they're not stupid. They're hopeful and hopeful is such a great trait, be, having hope. But you do also have to know when to cut ties. And if somebody's not willing to show you that same respect and you've given them mercy and mercy and mercy, I'm not saying you should give up on them. I'm not saying you should leave your marriage. But if something isn't working, you must try something different. If something isn't working, you must try something different. I was married for 21 years and was verbally abused every day, lost all my self-respect. Made me think I wasn't worth anything. Got out and found God. Says Majorva 27. Wow. The LFA family is the best. I love and support. Uh, the love and support we give each other. It, it, it is a light in this dark world. I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. So, you know, let me just take a drink of this rise up coffee here quick. Again, folks, if you're just joining in, the 9 o'clock hour for right now, every day, is going to be Jeremy Harrell with Rise Up, okay? And if you're just joining in, I'll ask you to please like the video, and if you can, share, okay? But we finally got our Rise Up coffee done, our light and medium roast and our dark roast, American pecan, which is my favorite, and Sumatra Gold, if you like dark roast, finally got them, folks, finally got them, and I want you to see the back. We put the cross on this for a reason, okay? We put the cross on this for a reason. And I said at the bottom, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, I'm a coffee man. I love my coffee. In the morning, when I, when I do my morning devotional that I'm doing right now with you, I always have my coffee. It warms my body, and the word warms my soul. The coffee warms my body, and the word warms my soul. Uh, 30 years of living with a narcissist, I can't take it anymore, says Lackney. And, and you know what? If you, were to, if you were to leave that marriage, I want you to understand that if you, for those people out there who can't take it anymore and who cannot put God in their marriage, for those people who cannot bring both people to God and they've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, if you have to leave the marriage, if all else fails, if you've given it all you've got, I, this is what I recommend to you. Do not do it out of anger and do not go to another person and start sleeping with them or being with them so you have another branch to grab onto before you let go. I want you to sit down with your wife or with your husband and I want you to very calmly explain to them 
why being a child of God, you cannot be in a godless marriage anymore. And make your stand on the rock that God, that Jesus built his church on. Okay? Hexon says, please don't stop this. You are my church. Because I've lost all trust in the institution of the church, says Hexlene1772. Well, that's sad. That is very sad that you've lost all, uh, all your trust in the institution of church, but I get it. I get it. But I would suggest finding a new church. I really would. But again, ladies and gentlemen, when you, if you have to leave your marriage, explain to the person why you're leaving your marriage because you cannot be a God, child of God in a godless marriage. One of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to turn to God to sit to be with you or they're not. In either case, you're better off. Now, Sue's, uh, Sue's EQ06 says, narcissist individuals never change. I will say I do not agree with that because I was a narcissist, a bad one. And I still find myself slipping into that. But God can cure everything. Remember Philippians 4.13, uh, with Christ, all things are possible. And that includes changing yourself from your narcissistic ways. But it does take God. If you've been a narcissist for 30 years, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. Larry Reha says, what if your spouse disagrees? What do you mean? The fact that you can't be in a marriage that's godless? Your spouse doesn't get to choose whether they keep you or not. They do. They can go to God and keep you. But they don't get to, Who cares if they disagree? Okay? You know that you are on the side of God. And nobody, nobody is more correct than God. But I, but I do, for those people who are losing their trust and love in the church, go back, find a church that is Bible-based. That find a Here's one for you. You ready for this? Find a church that is not going to criticize you for not showing up for three weeks. Okay? Do you know how, I want to read Lulu Red. Hold on. Before we move on, let's read what Lulu Red said here. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord is your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. This is today's word. Lulu Red, thank you. And this is why I want this show to be so interactive. Because all of us have something to teach each other when it comes to the word of God. Maybe not politics, but when it comes to the word of God, amen. Amen. God, church, is in your body. Amen, Joey. Amen. I love reading your guys' uh, your stuff here. Freebird says, we are not strong enough to change on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit within us for true everlasting change. Amen. What a great statement that was right there. What a great statement that was right there. Again, going back to the church. You know how easy it is once you don't go to church for a week? And then you don't go the next week. And then you get into this rhythm whether you're not going back to church. Do you know the number one thing that keeps you from going back after you've missed two or three weeks? The number one thing is your fear of what the church is going to say to you when you get there. Where were you? How come you haven't been coming? You should say your Hail Marys if you're in a Catholic church. Whatever. Folks, do you know the best kind of church? The church that says, we are so happy to have you back. Is there anything we can do for you? You know, another best, this is what my church has done. Sometimes we don't go. Sometimes we have not gone to church. Three weeks, we haven't gone. You know what happens? One of our church members shows up to our house to just make sure everything is okay. Not to pressure us, not to say, where have you been? But to say, is there anything we can do for you? Is everything okay? We just haven't seen you in a while. We hope all is well. God bless you. We love you. That is a good church to be in. Good people who are not going to judge you based on what they feel. 
but only give you the love, compassion, and kindness, and maybe the nudge that God is giving you. Majogo says, when your life is in danger, God does not fund, I think you mean condone that kind of treatment. Amen. Amen. Jeremy, thank you for all that you do. You are a blessing from God. I, I don't feel that way, but I appreciate it. I don't feel like I'm a blessing from God. I feel like every, all of you are a blessing to me from God. Liberty Girl says, Cindy, my husband is very opinionated. And I wish he would be more open-minded. Found my way back to praying to God thanks to you, Jeremy. Well, all glory goes to him, for sure. I got to tell you guys something about me that you all might not know, okay? Do you know when you don't feel worthy of getting God's love? Do you know when you don't feel worthy of being in this position? I feel that every day. And do you want to know why I feel like that every day? You guys have no idea the kind of person I, I was in my life. Eli does. Eli knows. Eli's known me for 20 years. Everything that you guys are describing... Like, I see some of the things that you guys are describing about your husbands. I was that and more. I was that and more. I was, I was always a, a good-hearted person, but I had so many walls up from being abused and being put in the most terrible places and making the most wrong decisions that I thought nobody, I didn't trust anybody, and I thought nobody was as good as me. Nobody's ideas were good. Nobody, I didn't want any help from anybody, and if you didn't agree with what I, I agreed, then... Oh, well, be gone. I don't even want to talk to you. I was a womanizer. I had sex with far too many people. I was a, I, I, I did drugs. I, I was not. <laughs> That's why when you guys say the things that you say about me being a blessing to you, I think to myself, wow, if you only knew. Now, I started, I, I, I put the music to this, uh, to this show in the beginning. If you were waiting for the show to come on, the music to this was nobody. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. And ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. But there's a part in that song that says, you, uh, Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. And you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. And the moral of the story is, everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, who do you think you are? I say, I'm just a nobody. I'm trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. And ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. That's how I feel. I'm just a nobody <laughs> trying to tell everybody about Jesus. Cherished Jesus. Now we're reading from Jesus Listens, not Jesus Calling. You are the joy that no one can take away from me. Not your narcissistic husbands, not your overbearing, never happy with you wives, not your unappreciative children who seem like they don't love you. God, nobody can take this joy away that God gives you. As I rest in your presence, I savor the wonders of this glorious gift. I rejoice that this blessing is mine forever. You 
are mine for all eternity. You are mine for all eternity. You do not belong to your husbands. You do not belong to your wives. You do not belong to your children. You belong to Almighty God. Many things in this world can bring me pleasure for a while, but they are all passing away due to death and decay. Death and decay. In you I have matchless treasure. Joy in the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No one can rob me of this pleasure because you are faithful and unchanging. I realize that whenever I feel I'm feeling joyless, the problem is not in the source of joy, you, but in the receiver, me. Sometimes I get so focused on other things, difficulties, distractions in my life that I neglect my relationship with you. Help me remember to put you first in my life, relating to you continually as my first love. Not your husbands, not your wives, not your job. God is your first love. God is you sh- who you should be catering to, not your husbands. Your husbands should be catering to you because they love you like Jesus loved the church. You are to cater to God. God is Men are to cater to you and to their families and to God and you the same. But God over everything else. Ginny Maker says, we all have a past. We all have hurdles to fight. But you, Jeremy, help us have the hope and inspiration to know that we, can, we will get through it. God is there and he knows how we feel. Amen. Cindy says, my husband is a negative Nelly. He always complains about everything. It makes me weary, but I continue to pray. My God can change anyone. That is so true. Again, I'm not telling people to leave their marriages. I'm telling you that if you tried for 30 or 40 years and you've given grace and compassion and and you are a child of God and you're living in a godless marriage, what sense is that? Misery loves company. And if you continue to keep doing the same thing, but, but get no results out of it, and this person will not accept God no matter what, don't die that way. Don't die that way. Again, I'm not telling you what to do except for give all love and glory to God. I usually tune in in this hour to hear Antonio. He's no longer with LFA. Maybe a different time slot now. No, Mayor, he's not with us anymore, at least for right now. He's got other things that he needs to focus on, and uh, LFA TV is not one of them. December 5th, Jesus freed us from sin. Luke 23, 18 says, And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release release unto us Barabbas, the murderer. Wayne says, I treat my wife like a queen because she is my queen. Amen. Amen. That's another thing that I never did. I never treated women with respect or anybody that I was ever with with respect. That's why I have two children from another relationship because I did not treat her with respect. I treated her like a jerk. I was a narcissist. If she was driving and I was in the passenger seat, if she took a right, I told her, why didn't you take the left? If she took a left, I said, why didn't you take a right? If she hit a bump, I said, what, you didn't see that coming? I was so mean to her. And my kids know this. 
I've sat my kids down many times. I said, I know you want me and your mother to be together. I know you love when we're in the same room and we're together with you. That the reason why we're not is because of me. Yes, your mother did her share of bad things. Yes, she cheated on me. But only after I treated her like crap for years. Our death to sin and resurrection to life with Christ is already a reality in our spirits, but will only become a physical reality when we know and believe it. In the same way that Jesus died unto sin once and death no longer has dominion over him, the person who recognizes his death with Christ unto sin will not allow sin to rule over him anymore either. Any Christian who is struggling with sin has not recognized that he is dead unto sin. Folks, at some point, you have to look into a mirror. Your husbands have to look into a mirror, and they have to say to themselves, dang, I'm screwing up. I'm a bad person. I am not a good husband. I am not a good father. Do you realize what happens to a man's soul when he can look himself in the mirror and say, I am not a good husband. I am not a good father. I am not a good man, and I am not a good friend. Do you realize what happens to you when you do that? Do you? Not only do you realize what happens to you when you do that, but when you mean it from the bottom of your heart, when something has brought you out of it and said and made you go, wow, and you really realize how bad you really are. And you look in that mirror and you say to yourself, I am not a good husband. I am not a good father. I am not a good man. And I am not a good friend. I'm not a good son. I'm not a good brother. And I'm not a good uncle. Do you know what happens? You humble yourselves. And you cannot receive the blessings and the love and the mercy and the kindness and the compassion from God unless you do that thing first. Break yourself down. Humble yourselves. Get rid of that narcissism. Get rid of that anger. Get rid of that all that need to control everything. Because let me give you a piece of advice here. Women, if your husbands are the people that I just explained, show them this part right here. Men, let me give you some advice from somebody who was all those things for many, many years and still finds it creeping up on him today. Let me give you some advice. You can't control anything. You can't control anything. You can't, if you, you can't control your job. You can't control the people you work for. And the more you think you can control your wives and your families and everybody's decision around you, the more you will get upset, the more you will get angry, the more you will fall into a pit of despair, and the more you will, the more you will uh, destroy everybody around you. Everybody. You are a cancer if you are that person. If you think that you have dominion over your wife and you can tell her what to do, you have a cancer. If nobody can suggest anything to you without you getting upset because it's not your suggestion and you only do it your way, and this is, this is to women too, but I'm speaking specifically to men because I am one. You are a cancer to you and everybody around you, and you will not be remembered in a positive way. Bruce Carroll says, I've been there, Jeremy. I've said that about myself. Exactly. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize what you really are. If you get mad quickly, that is my biggest problem still. 
That's my biggest problem. I get mad too quick. I go from zero to angry. You guys have seen it in like two seconds. Do you know the damage I do to my wife? Do you know the damage I do to my children? Do you know the damage I do to the people like Eli around me when I go from zero to 100 that quick? I destroy. Do you know what Satan's number one job on this earth is to do? Destroy. Destruction. Kill happiness and use money and the love of money to drive in between everybody and everything. Eli said, I'm a battered producer. (laughs) Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shut your mouth. You're fired. (laughs) He's out there laughing. I'm laughing. We're all laughing. You got to humble yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to humble yourselves. Men, humble yourselves. Kathy says, I'm Italian. We get mad (laughs) zero to 100. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Billy says, Bill says, I'm so overwhelmed by everything. But you don't have to be, Bill. You don't have to be. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Too bad my hubby isn't here to hear this message. Well, Melissa, show it to him later. Show it to him later. Larry, I'm not liking this world the way it has dramatically changed. Well, Larry, the world has always been going towards this. The world has always been in death and decay. It's the world around you that does not. You literally can place yourself in the Garden of Eden every day. You can live in the Garden of Eden. You want to know how? Adam and Eve were the only ones that were barred from the Garden of Eden, uh, from the Garden of Eden with, a, with, an, uh, with an angel with, a, uh, with a, a flaming sword. You are not barred from the Garden of Eden. You can live there right now. You can live there today. The, the Garden of Eden is a place of love, joy, kindness, and compassion. That's where it is. And, and putting off all those problems onto Jesus, that's what he died for. If you guys... If you guys concern yourselves with the world, if you guys let the negative stuff of the world get you down every day, whether it's bills, whether it's insufficient lack lack of money coming in, whether it's people being mad around you, whatever it is, whatever it is, ladies and gentlemen, then you are literally choosing to live in this world. You don't have to live in this world. Even though we're here, we don't have to live in it. We can have the grace that God gave Adam and Eve before they chose destruction. Now, I want to tell you a quick little, um, I wouldn't say it's a parable, but it's, it, we're going we're gonna to use an analogy here, okay? Will Skip says, my sweet husband is the best, and I thank God for him every day. Halloween says the world is a vampire sent to drain. Secret, uh, secret destroyers hold, up, hold you up to the flames. Bobby Mannion says, my husband of 47 years passed in February, and now I praise and worship all I want. God is teaching me so much. You're welcome, Billy. Okay. I heard this one day, and you guys might have heard this story before. How many rumbles do we have? 267. Let's get to 500 real quick, folks. Please like this video if you're watching. Okay. I heard this one day, and I heard it on this app called Abide. If anybody's ever... If anybody's ever downloaded that app, please, 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 if you haven't, download it and listen to it when you go to bed at night, okay? This app called Abide, A-B-I-D-E. I was listening to it one night going to sleep, and I'll never forget it. It went into my soul. 
and I'll never forget it. It said, when you wake up in the day, think of your life and the things that think of, you have a backpack on, a backpack of life. And as you go through the day, from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed, people are filling that backpack with bricks, actual bricks. And by the end of the day, that backpack is so full that it is physically draining you. It is wearing you down. It's breaking your back. It hurts to carry it. The only thing that you want to do is get rid of those bricks in that backpack. Do you want to know something, though, folks? Not only do most people not take that backpack off at the end of the day, they wear that backpack to sleep, and you know what they do the next day? They get up, and they've still got that backpack on, and now they're not standing up as straight. Now their chests are not out as much. Now their heads are not up as high because they're bent over carrying this backpack. But do you know what happens the next day? You don't start over with an empty backpack. No, 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 no. You get another backpack or you put that backpack into a bigger backpack and you put a bigger backpack on and then you go through that day and people are putting bricks in all day. You go to work and you see all the misery there, a brick. You go to the gas station to get gas. People are in there complaining. People are mad. You see the, you see the uh, irritation on people's faces. Boom, another brick. You're driving to work. You see all these people honking, all of this road rage. You get road rage. Why? Put on your blinker, idiot. Go! Don't you see the light is green, you moron? Backpack brick. And what happens is, is you get so heavy with the, day, the daily bricks that are just getting thrown into your backpack. Sooner or later, you're going to crumble under that. Sooner or later, your foundation, your rock, your legs, your feet, they're not going to be able to hold those bricks anymore. And they're going to give out. And you're going to fall. Who's going to pick you up? Do you know that you, those backpacks don't fall off on you, over you once you fall down? They're right there. They stay there. Who's going to help you up? Hmm? Your wife that you've been treating like crap for years? Your husband that you've been cheating on for years? Nope. Nobody's going to pick you up. So... The point of that story was to say, if you have Jesus in your life, when somebody drops that backpack, that brick in that backpack, Jesus is walking right next to you. You know what he does? He reaches in and he pulls out that brick. Oh, it got heavy for a minute. Oh, but now I just got lighter. Somebody else puts in another brick. Jesus goes, <laughs> what's that doing in there? That don't belong there. Guess I don't need the headphones. Eli, can you crank that fan up a little bit more? Point of the story is, ladies and gentlemen, if you have Jesus walking with you, he will take out every brick that's put in your backpack every day. So that by the end of the day, thank you. So that by the end of the day, your backpack is as light as it was when you woke up empty. Free, clear. By the end of the day, there's nothing weighing you down. By the end of the day, all those bricks that were put in, you go to look for them, they're not there. Jesus took them out. When people tell you, give it to God, give it over to Jesus, that's what they mean. When something bad happens, oh, I knew it, I got the worst luck. No, 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 no. Look at it and laugh and go, <laughs> oh, 
look around and go, devil, you think you're gonna, you think you're gonna hold me down? You think you're gonna beat Jesus today? What are you? What are you? You out of? You must be out of your mind. Do you know that when a bad feeling comes over me, or or or, or a choice that's or something that's telling me to choose a bad decision, or I'm stuck between this decision and I can't make it? Do you know what I do right away? I say to myself, no, no, no. I see you. You don't think I can see you physically? I might not be able to see you, but my Holy Spirit sees you, Satan. I see you. You have no power here. I smile at him. I laugh at him. I really do. I smile and I laugh at the thought of the presence of the devil anywhere near me. Anywhere near me. And I go, what are you you, you stupid? You must be a liberal. You must be a Democrat or something. You have no power here. You have no power here. Hey, you know that backpack that you filled all day? It's over there in the corner. I'm not wearing it. Put it on and get out of here. Kick rocks. Jesus, I just call security. It's like calling security, right? The devil comes into your house. The devil comes into your life and he tries to do something. You go, security, security, get this guy out of here. It's that simple. And guess what? If you can do that, if you're feeling despair, if you're feeling loneliness, if you're feeling depression in any way, shape or form, smile at that. Smile at that adversity every single day and go, (laughs) make yourself smile. Because when you make yourself smile, all the anger goes away. If you can make yourself smile. If you get the ability to stop right in the middle of your zero to 100 and stop it and go, wait a minute, that's stupid. I don't want a speeding ticket. I don't want to kill somebody. I don't want to ruin somebody or destroy somebody's day. I'm just going to slow it back down. I'm going to laugh and say, security. Call security. And now we're going to end this day with this because I've got to go because I got to get ready for my 11 o'clock show and loud majority is coming up next. Okay. I know all this stuff isn't easy, folks. I get it. I get it. It's taken me a lifetime to get to where I am right now to understand the things that I understand right now. It's taken me a lifetime and I'll continue to learn every single day. I just want to share with you what I've gone through. I'm going to read this verse and then we're going to uh, leave for the day. But we're also going to read this verse at the 11 o'clock hour too so everybody else can see it. Okay. Verse of the day comes from Proverbs 29, 16. It says, when the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. That is God's promise. And I told you that you'd see it in your lifetime, right? Proverbs 29, 16, if you've got your Bibles, Proverbs 29, 16, that says, when the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Now, I'm not going to give my explanation until the 11 o'clock hour, but I want you to look at that verse, okay? But what I am going to do is I'm going to read for you the, con- the context in which all of that is said. I'm going to go back to Proverbs 29.1, and I'm going to read all the way to Proverbs 29.16, and then I'm going to bounce. Check this out. He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. How much are you hearing people groan lately? He who loves wisdom makes his father glad, but but a compassion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. By justice, a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts tears it down. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. An evil man is ensnared in his transgression, but a righteous man sings and rejoices. 
A righteous man knows the, the rights of the poor. A wicked man does not understand such knowledge. Scoffers set a city aflame, BLM. But the wise turn away wrath. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs. Democrats. And there is no quiet. Bloodthirsty men hate one who is blameless and seek the life of the upright. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise, a wise man quietly holds it back. If a ruler listens to falsehoods, all of his officials will be wicked. Um, hold on. I just, I was just dis- distracted there for a minute. Where was I there? A king faithfully judges the poor. His throne will be established forever. A rod and a reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look down, uh, look upon their downfall. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go with this today. I love doing this for you. Maybe I'll do it every day. I don't know. I don't know if I'll have time to do that. But I want you to show this to your spouses. I want you to show this to your friends. And I want you to show this to your family. I want you to rumble this video before you leave. And I want you to really think about what we said today. Read through Proverbs. Read through that section about wickedness, about misery. Okay? I'll see you at 11 a.m. for more Live from America. We have Loud Majority coming up in just five minutes, ladies and gentlemen. I ask you to please stay and watch them. They're great. They'll give you morning laughs, and they'll get you ready for my show at 11 a.m. I love each and every one of you, and I want you to remember there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I love each and every one of you, and I'll see you in an hour, okay? I love you. God bless you. And have yourselves a great rest of your morning, hopefully drinking your Rise Up coffee. See you later, ladies and gentlemen. Rebirth of America. Been a long time coming and we all learned something that we won't ever give it up. Long as I'm bleeding, I'ma never stop screaming that we first in America. First place. Black, white, brown, all cities, all towns, the rebirth.